a remarkable woman that Roger McGuinn of The Birds first told us about. She's an author, an eco-warrior, and the first woman ever to row solo across the Pacific And I'm talking about the ocean. (laughs) She's one of our favorite guests, and you're about to find out why. Please welcome Roz Savage. Hi, Roz. Hi. Great to be back with you. Oh, you know, you're the best. And for people that don't know, you also rode across the Atlantic. So when everything gets totaled up, I think it's something like, what, 8,000 miles, more than three? yeah, 11,000 in total, 8,000 on the Pacific and 3,000 on the Atlantic. And what did they say, Roz? It was something like 4 million strokes of your oars? Getting on for that, yes. I wasn't counting every single one, but uh, working on a sort of daily average, yeah, that would be about right. And totally alone in that tiny little thing that you call a boat in the middle of the ocean for, I mean, over, what, about a year if you add all the time up together, right? Yeah, in total, yeah. I think we're looking at 352 days so far. And very simply, the question is, why? (laughs) Well, it beats working in the office. (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) <laughs> well, okay, maybe it beats working in the office that I used to work in for 11 years. Um, yeah, early midlife crisis or whatever. Um, and realized that I was just doing a job I didn't like to buy stuff I didn't need. And what was the point in that, really? So I, um, at around the same time that I had that personal epiphany, I also had a bit of an environmental epiphany and uh, realized that not only was I not on track for the kind of future that I wanted on an individual level, but maybe collectively when we look at where we're actually heading and in particular what we're doing to the earth, then, then maybe that's not such a good direction either. So since then, I've been using my ocean rowing adventures to raise awareness and hopefully inspire action as well on environmental issues. And for many folks, Roz, that does seem to be the most powerful kind of motivation. You didn't do it for personal glory. Uh, initially, you quit your job for you. But but then when you got this idea of becoming this eco-warrior, it was much bigger than you. And, and you've kept your eye on the prize the entire time. Well, it's really helped to keep me going because... I think most people, certainly including me, when set with the task of rowing 10 to 12 hours a day for (laughs) around 100 days at a time, might find that a little bit daunting, not to mention often quite boring. And um, I can't tell you how often I wake up just thinking, oh, another day of rowing ahead of me. And when you're facing some kind of a challenge like that, it really helps if you've got a very big reason why you're doing it. And the bigger that reason, the better. So, um, you know, my humble little ambition of uh, doing what I can to help save the world, um, Hmm. (laughs) I find the motivation that gets me back out on that rowing seat day after day. Yeah, first of all, Roz, you needed better friends who had the sense to beg you not to do this, you know, not to embark on this. But I, I know. And what you mean? You mean most people's friends wouldn't just go, oh, bye, see hey, you? It's like me saying, hey, Roz, I'm, I'm building a rocket ship in my backyard and I think I'm going to blast myself to the moon, and you going, hey, that's to have a great time. <laughs> Send me a postcard. <laughs> the other part of the story, we talked about this last time too, that is so cool is when you had your day job, like everybody else did, something happened in your mind one day and you thought about, uh, I guess, moving along to the next life and, and you thought to yourself, okay, what would my obituary look like? And, and, and tell us a little bit about that. Exactly, yeah. When I was realizing that actually the very materialistic life that I was living was not actually making me as happy as I'd always thought it would, 
um, I went through a bit of a crisis of confidence. It was like I'd been worshipping at the altar of money and um, material possessions. And when I realized that that just wasn't working for me, I uh, needed to find something, some new purpose, I suppose. And so, um, yeah, I sat down and wrote, wrote the two obituaries, the one that I wanted and the one that I was heading for and realized how very different they were mm. at that particular point in my life. Um, but now, oh, it's been about 10 years since I did that exercise and as a result of that decided to change my course and had a little bit of a, an epiphany on the ocean last year. Um, one night when I was um, lying out on the deck and looking up at the stars and having one of those sort of cosmic moments when you feel very small and insignificant and yet very connected to this incredible universe all at the same time. And I just realized in that moment that, in fact, my fantasy obituary, which at the time when I'd written it seemed as inaccessible as the moon or the stars, um, it had actually, it was coming true that uh, the vision that I'd had about what I was going to do with my ocean rowing and what I was going to do with my life um, was actually coming to pass in reality. So that was a very special moment. And although I tend, I'm one of these people, I'm always looking at the uh, the 2% that I haven't achieved compared with the 98% that I have. Uh, in that moment, I did allow myself a little bit of a pass on the back. And, and do you now change that vision, Roz, because you have accomplished so much? Uh, not only did you row the Atlantic and the Pacific, you've written a book, uh, you, you've got a movie, you, you're lecturing, uh, you, you are huge in social media. Uh, did you, Was your vision big enough? Should it be bigger? Well, I've achieved a lot of personal goals, but that's really not what it's about. <laughs> the point is really trying to... Um, Tell my story in a way that will get people to think about their own lives and whether they are happy with the direction that they're heading um, and also to look at where we're heading collectively with our impact on this earth. And now that there are so many more of us and we're treading so much more heavily, um, I feel that so much work remains to be done. So I'm certainly not resting on my laurels. I've got big plans, um, especially for the next two years, which I plan to be probably the last two years of my ocean rowing career. And I want to just absolutely use them to the maximum advantage to get these important messages out to as many people as I can. So my plan is that uh, from April to September next year, I will be rowing across the Indian Ocean, um, which in combination with the Atlantic and the Pacific, I suppose, gives, gives me the big three. But then, even more importantly, in 2012, I want to row from the US to the UK across the North Atlantic because it's been very difficult to get my message out there while I keep landing in places like Kiribati and Papua New Guinea, which are not terribly well connected in terms of media or internet bandwidth or time zone. Um, it's been very frustrating trying to get the message out to a wider public when facing these major logistical challenges. 
So I reckon that if I leave from the Statue of Liberty and rock up um, up the River Thames in London, preferably just before the 2012 Olympic Games <laughs> begin, um, then hopefully my message, which I plan to have emblazoned down the side of my boat, will be fairly difficult to ignore. Well, you are a smart, smart, empowering person. And for that, I want to ask you something that you just mentioned a little while ago. How do you do that, Roz? Because it really isn't about rowing or it isn't about the physical challenge. What you're really trying to do is teach people how to tap into the inner Roz Savage that lives in all of us. I suppose uh, I've thought a lot about this. I'm very fascinated by human psychology and what connects with people, especially given the context of the environmental movement. We've had environmental scientists telling us for about 40 years now about all these issues, all these ticking time bombs that are going off environmentally. And the science has... Well, let's not say universally failed. Let's just say had very limited success in actually creating any change in human behavior. And the approach that I'm trying um, is to really just tell my story. Um, It's a challenge for me not to preach at people because both my parents were full-time professional Methodist ministers, but I try not to get into my pulpit. Um, What I try and do is really just tell my story about how I realized that my life wasn't on track and then how I realized that we collectively are probably not on track, in, in my humble opinion. And to just explain how I've gone from a very materialistic lifestyle where I really based my personal worth on what I owned to a very much simpler lifestyle where I evaluate myself more according to who I am. And I have been much happier in this new lifestyle than I was in my old. And I'm not saying it's going to work for everybody, but I just think it's worthwhile presenting it as an option. And obviously, people have the choice whether to take it or leave it. They can go, oh, well, you know, it obviously works for Roz. She seems very happy with life and is out there having a a, a really interesting time, but maybe it's not for me. But even if they just take away a little bit of it, um, I'm just presenting people with options and saying there can be um, a different, um, possibly more fulfilling most likely environmentally less damaging way to live life. We're speaking with Roz Savage, the the first woman to row solo across both the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans over 11,000 miles, one stroke at a time, uh, all to raise awareness of the plight of the oceans. And Roz, we've mentioned many times that people can stay up with you at rozsavage.com, but you also have another unusual social website, ecoheroes.me. What's that about? This is something that we launched earlier this year. And in fact, we're about to, uh, well, within the next month, um, launch version two of Eco Heroes. The basic concept was that a bit like the the Boy Scouts pledge to do at least one good deed every day. I wanted to ask people to do at least one green deed every day, to do something for the planet, whether that is saying no to a plastic bag in the store or... um, 
maybe buying a, a water filter jug so they don't have to buy bottled water, or whether it's walking a bit further and driving a bit less, which is good for their body as well as good for the planet, or whether it's even educating themselves a bit more about the environmental issues that are out there um, on the internet or by reading a book or watching a movie. Um, there are there's so many different examples of ways that people can just develop their environmental awareness. And so it's a social media game. It gives people some instant feedback in terms of points. And as they accumulate more points, they unlock badges. Um, and they also connect into this community of green doers all around the world. So hopefully they realize that they're not just one lone person doing their bit for the planet, but that in fact there are lots of people out there around the world who are also making efforts to live a greener life. Uh, so we're about to just have a, a kind of a second wave launch of, um, of Eco Heroes, and, and I'll be really promoting that over the coming months. And that's at ecoheroes.me. And, uh, Roz, you really are a role model for anyone who has a dream but thinks they're too ordinary to fulfill it. Thanks for the message you're spreading. And as Mark said, people can keep up with everything going on with you at rozsavage.com. Younger than that now